Hello everyone, my name is Scott Bruder. This is going to be a great, great episode of Glory to God on the go. And I'm just glad that you're sharing this time with me today. Uh, you know, for the last several weeks, we have been talking about the armor of God and why we put it on and what each piece means and, and why would God, why would Paul and why would God give Paul the writings? Why would he give him the words, right? The, the breath of God into Paul's ears, into his mind for him to put this on, on uh, papyrus. You know, that's what they did back then. Uh, and then and why would Paul write about the armor of God? Well, obviously God gave it to him for a reason. It's to make sure that we can battle the spiritual forces of this world with our armor on, with our shield, and with our sword, which is the word of God. And so we're going to talk a little bit today about um, what we're fighting and why we're fighting it. So this week's going to be talking about fighting the devil's schemes and blocking the flaming arrows of the evil one. And I think it's a, going to be a really good topic for us uh, because we're going to talk about the actual the arrows themselves, the things that get into our mind uh, that, that just jargle us up, that mess us up, that either get us mad or, or frustrated or, or angry or uh, we have fear or anxiety or, or, or lust of the flesh, right? Um, and there could be lust of a lot of different things. It doesn't just mean like sexual lust. It could be the lust of mammon, which is money. It could be uh, the lust of uh, different addictions that you have, right? So we're going to talk about that. Um, and I think what he says when he says, finally be strong in, in, in Ephesians 6, 10, he says, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes, right? The devil has lots of schemes. He's a very clever guy, but at the same time, he can be kind of dumb too with some of the things that he tries to do. However, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So there are three different uh, realms uh, that we talk about as Christians, right? There's the earth. This is where uh, Satan lives. This is where he, um, oh, this is where he rules, right? This is, this is his place. This is where he gets a chance to tempt us into doing the things we don't want to do and where he gets to try to pull us away from uh, God, right? And then there's the uh, atmosphere, which is what we can see. That's where the stars are, the planets and so forth and so on, all the things that God created. And then there's the heavenly realms, right? There's the, the realm where God sits on his throne and Jesus is right there next to him at his right hand, right? So we're going to talk about... Um, now that we are fighting these forces of evil in the heavenly realms, we're going to talk about, in addition to this, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. And that, we're going to talk about those arrows today. That's what we're going to throw out today. So the arrows are from Satan. No ifs, ands, or but Satan and his little demons. Okay, He arms his little demons, his little uh, worries, his concerns, all of these negative words that impede us from being... Uh, closer to God, um, fear, anxiety, lust, um, unforgiveness, bitterness, um, uh, envy, uh, gluttony, you know, the seven deadly sins, so forth and so on. These are the things, these are the arrows that he arms his little demons with, right? We're not typically, you and I are not typically dealing with Satan himself, okay? He's going after uh, 
uh, a lot of much bigger things than we are. He's going after nations. He's going after governments. He's going after um, large, he's kind of like the national account manager for a company, right? He goes after the big stuff. He does mess with us. Not all the time, but what he does to us is he sends out his little demons, right? And they're out here and they're trying to pluck on us and they're picking at us and they're poking at us, right? And they're doing all the things. They're firing their little arrows at us, right? And we have got to be in a position where we have such a a, a faith in God, right? And that we can be, uh, that, that we look at God as being our source of strength, right? And we rely on him to help us fight those battles. That's why Paul wrote this in Ephesians 6, 10. This is why he wrote this. This is why God gave it to him is because God wanted us to see with our armor on how we could defeat the flaming arrows of the evil one, right? Okay, let's talk about that. So the first one that we're going to talk about is fear. Right now with everything that's going on in this planet, uh, with all of the media and the internet, the World Wide Web, and all of the different outlets that are releasing, uh, uh, I'm not, okay, not going to go down that rabbit trail, but that are releasing fear into the public. The fear of the virus, the pestilence, the fear of when the economy goes down, the fear of not being able to uh, get good child care or get good insurance if this happens or that happens, right? The fear that they don't want to let you out of your house in the case that you may catch something, okay? People have a lot of fear. They have, people have fear about what's going to happen tomorrow. What's going to happen with my job? Um, what's going to happen with my business, right? And rightfully so. I can understand that because oh, what's going to happen to my marriage? What's going to happen to my kids, right? What's going to happen to me? And then that leads down to a whole bunch of different things, right? But there is so much fear put out there. The devil is loving it. All this about um, you can't do this, you can't do that, so forth and so on. That just puts fear in us, right? But if we rely and trust on the Lord to lead our path, we should never fear anything. So I'm going to read some scriptures. And this, and this is the scriptures that we are going to be able to use as the sword. The sword of the Spirit. I wish I had a sword. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So when the devil's starting to shoot these arrows at us, and we're bling, shling, shling, blocking these arrows, we can come back just like Jesus did to Satan and Matthew, uh, where he tells him when he was being tempted three different times, he quoted scripture and the devil fled, right? So we're going to talk about that today. So in 2 Timothy 1, 7, for the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. It doesn't make us timid. Now, we all know what timid means. It, it means, oh, I, I don't want to be, I'm scared of that. Oh, no. That's being timid, right? But instead of God giving us that, the devil gives us that, God gives us power to overcome 
our timidness, to overcome our fear. I love when people are like afraid of heights or they're afraid of, uh, yeah, let's just use that. They're afraid of heights. So they go skydiving. You know, I'm going to jump out of a perfectly good plane at uh, 18, 20,000 feet and just get over my fear of heights, right? Um, people that are afraid of swimming, they just go jump in the ocean, right? I'm going to defeat this fear. And they go jump in the ocean, right? That is phenomenal. They are they, they have been given the power to overcome their fear, right? Love and self-discipline. First of all, love defeats everything. It beats it all, kills it all, defeats it all. Love defeats everything. So just remember that. And then self-discipline. This is so important. With many things as human beings, we, are very, we have very good self-discipline about certain things. The better we're trained at it or that we train ourselves in it, the more self-disciplined we are, right? With the help of the good Lord, he also helps us give us that self-discipline so we can follow in the footsteps of Jesus Christ, right? That's what he wants us to do. So as we continue to read the word, as we continue to fill our minds and he continues to transform us, we are continuing to build our, continuing, continuing to build our self, our self-discipline to make sure we're doing the right things. Okay, so we're going to move on to some other good ones because I got a lot today and I want to make sure I make good timing on this. Okay, so with that being said, we are going to go to Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything. And this could also go to the next topic we're going to talk about. But remember this one. Do not be anxious about anything. Every circumstance, any situation, whatever you get yourself into, do not be anxious about it. What's going to happen in the future? What's going to happen tomorrow? Don't be anxious about it. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, by praying and asking God, with thanksgiving, thank you, Lord, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, which means we can't even put our minds around it. We're never going to get our hands around it. It transcends it all. We're not going to know will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So let me read that real quick, the whole way through. Do not be anxious about anything, every circumstance and situation, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Man, I'll tell you what, if that doesn't, tell you that as long as I'm believing and I'm thinking on him and I'm relying on him and I'm trusting on him and I'm, my hope is in him and, and, and my thanksgiving goes to him and, my, and my, my requests go to him, he's going to give it to me so I can re release all my anxiety and make sure that that is gone, it's out of my mind, I don't need to worry about it because he is going to give me the, the, the desires of my heart. We'll actually read that here in a minute. So in 1 John 4, 18, again, these, this is the sword we're using to battle the arrows of the flame, the flaming arrows of the evil one, right? 1 John 4, 18, there is no fear in love. Talked about that a minute ago. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Jesus came to love us all. His love is so immense. That uh, if we are, uh, if we have it in our hearts, we have it in our minds, we know that He is in us, 
because that's what our salvation has promised us, and that's what he has promised us, then we don't have to have any fear about anything. We don't have to have fear about how much money I got in the bank. He will provide. Right? We don't have to fear about, oh, um, you know, my car broke down. Oh, how am I going to pay for this? He will provide. Okay? This is what his love does for us. So as long as we believe and have faith that his love is going to take, is going to be within us, then he is going to relieve us of our fears. Okay? The one who fears is not made perfect in love. So the more fear we have, the less love we feel like we're getting from God. Okay? So let's have more love into it. Moving on. Psalms 34.4. I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. This is one you need to remember. Okay. So in Psalms 34.4, he is talking about, I, I seeked him out. I sought him. He answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Remember this one. This was the good for Psalms 34.4. I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Great example about this. Um, not too long ago, I was a little, I was a little nervous about some stuff, right? And so um, I, I, I did. I got, I got, I let the devil get into my head, and I was a little bit of scared about what the certain certain situation was going to be. I prayed. I had my wife praying for me, Suzanne. I had other people praying for me, and I, I tell you what, he removed all my fears, and it was almost instantaneous healing for me. It was a little scary going into it, but I sought the Lord. I got on my knees. I was praying. My wife and my friends were praying for me. And he answered me, Scott, I am going to heal you. And he delivered me from all my fears. And I was well. It was so awesome. So remember, Psalms 34, 4. It's a good one for you. Joshua 1, 9. Have I not commanded you? This is God speaking. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Joshua was, was nervous about um, going into battle. He was afraid that, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm going to go in here and I'm going to get destroyed. These people, I don't have enough people. I don't have enough soldiers. You know, I got guys with, with pitchforks and, and sticks. They have swords and weapons and bows and arrows. How am I going to do this? And God said, don't worry about it. I'm going to take care of it. And lo and behold, that's exactly what he did. It was, it, 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 matter of fact, even in Jericho, he said, look, this is what you're going to do. You're going to march around for seven days and then uh, uh, each one time, seven days, and then on seventh day, seven times. And then the walls crumbled because God delivered. It's a whole great, another great story. So, and here's uh, Christian's favorite, right? In Psalms 23, 4, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. What he's talking about is that as long as I have the right hand of God with me and the belief and the hope of the things that he's going to do for me, right? They comfort me. So I don't have to have the fear that goes, that the devil likes to chunk at everybody, right? So Isaiah 41.10 also says, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And then Psalms 3, 2, and 6, David is writing this. He says, many are saying of me, God will not deliver me. 
talking about himself, but you, Lord, are a shield around me, shield of faith, at my glory, the one who lifts my head high. I call out to the Lord. He calls out to the Lord. We talked about that a minute ago. And he answers me from his holy mountain. I lay down and, and sleep. I wake again because Lord, the Lord sustains me. I will not fear though tens of thousands assail me on every side. Tens of thousands. That means people are coming at him from all different directions. The devil's shooting all kinds of arrows at him, right? But he knows that God's got his, his back. So I wanted to talk a little bit about fear because that is one of the biggest of all of the um, the arrows that uh, Satan's shooting at us, right? The next one that kind of goes along with fear, and it doesn't help people at all, right, is anxiety. And it's, it's terrible how people, oh, man, I got anxiety about this, or oh, I'm worried about this, or whatever. But let me tell you what Matthew says in 625. Therefore, I tell you, stop being wor worried or anxious. And that worry or anxious being perpetually uneasy. They always got, oh, what's going to happen? What's going to Always worry, you know. You can call them worry warts uh, in a lot of cases. So um, people also, anxiety also is distracting, right? So therefore, I tell you, stop being worried or anxious about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body as to what you're going to wear. Is life not more than food and the body more than clothing? In the eyes of our Lord and Savior, everything that we have is his anyway. So why wouldn't we want to supply us with what we need? Clothes on our back, the food in our belly, the roof on our head. If we are fully engaged with him and fully uh, in, in love with what he's going to do and have that hope and that faith that he's going to do it. I'm repeating myself, I know, but he gives us what our hearts desire. Psalms 94, 19 says, when my anxious thoughts multiply within me, your comforts delight me. So when my anxious thoughts multiply within me, your comforts delight me. That means we can um, overcome that anxiousness with knowing that his love and his comfort is within us. So we have to choose to accept that and to believe in it wholeheartedly. And he will give you the comfort that you need. So this is kind of a long one. And I'm going to read, I'm going to read the whole thing because it's very interesting how Luke uh, stated this. Jesus said, well, actually Jesus, I was, I'm sorry. This is in Luke 12, 22 through 32. Jesus said to his disciples, for this reason, I tell you, do not worry about your life as to what you will eat or about your body or as to what you will wear. For life is more than food and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow seed nor reap the crop. They have no storehouse or barn, but yet God feeds them. How much more valuable are, valuable are you than the birds? And which of you by worrying can add one hour of his life? So if you are not even able to do a very little thing such as that, why are you worried about the rest? Consider the lilies and the wildflowers and how they grow in the open field. They neither labor nor spin wool or make clothing. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in his glory and splendor dressed himself like one of these. But if this is how God clothes the grass, which is the field today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, how much more will he clothe you? You of little faith. Right? So the birds, the flowers, 
They're all getting fed by God, by what God provides. God provides the sun for the flowers. He provides water for the flowers. He provides uh, seed and grass for the birds to eat. All they get prepared for, we do the same. Birds don't worry about putting on their feathers every morning. Okay? He is going to provide for you. Psalms 55, 22. This is my personal favorite. Cast your cares upon the Lord and he will sustain you. And, in, and he will not let his subjects struggle. I like to say he would not let his children struggle. It's a different, uh, different version. But anyway, again, anyone who says, uh, Matthew 5, 22 says, but I tell you that anyone who is angry with his brother, oh no, I'm sorry, I've got a little further. Uh, Proverbs 12, 25. Anxiety in a man's heart weighs it down, but a good, encouraging word makes it glad. So we, as humans, we need to uh, encourage our brothers and sisters. If you find out or you have someone that it just deals with anxiety and is just struggling with it all the time, you need to be a good source of strength for them. Okay? So this is Proverbs 12.25. Proverbs 12.25. Write that down. Okay? Anxiety in a man's heart weighs it down. But a good, encouraging word makes it glad. So let's be encouraging to our brothers and sisters that do deal with anxiety, that do struggle with it quite often. Okay? If we do that, then we're doing our part in God's world. We're doing our part as far as loving thy brother, thy neighbor. Okay? Now let's talk about anger. Another one of those firing, fiery darts that he shoots at us. Spirits I'm talking about. Anger can lead to unforgiveness. Unforgiveness to bitterness. Bitterness to hatred, hatred then to murder, murder in the mind is as murder in the flesh. The Bible set, talks about that. So this week I had somebody come against me and kind of test my integrity. Okay. They didn't have all the information that they needed. Uh, and I got a little frustrated and I got, I'll be honest, I got mad. Being fully transparent, putting everything out on the table. Why not? I got mad. And as soon as I started noticing that I was getting mad and I'm still on the phone with this guy, I had to literally under my breath as he's talking, I wasn't listening to him. I had to repent and he's talking to me. I'm like, Oh Lord, I calm down. I repent of my sin. I'm so sorry for getting angry. I apologize for what I just thought and the things that went through my head. Please forgive me, Lord. I repent of that. I'm turning away from it. And it was my, my continent started changing. My hot headedness started to calm down into a nice cool pool of water, so to speak. So by repenting, asking for forgiveness, I was just calm down and it was crazy. It worked great. <laughs> and so it was amazing to me. I thought it was and I came home and told my wife about it. I was like, I got heated and my prayer and supplication and asking him to help me absolutely put me in a cool pool, so to speak, right? Figuratively. So anger is a big deal for a lot of people. Um, sometimes people can't help it and they go crazy when they, when they get mad. But let's talk about how we're going to fight it. So in 1 John 3, 15, everyone who hates, these are things you got to remember. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life aiding, uh, abiding in him. And Jesus said that, by the way. In Ephesians 4, 26, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. 
anger leads to those things that we talked about unforgiveness bitterness hatred murder right and so when it leads down that primrose path that seed that those spirits have put into you those evil spirits have put into you are being watered and they are sprouting and they are growing and they are hard to cut down they're like the worst ivy you've ever had uh, you know in your yard okay they're hard to cut down you gotta get a weed whacker and cut those things down for you the weed whacker is sword of the spirit word of god right don't let the devil get a foothold as soon as you, as soon as you start repenting the devil will flee okay so james 119 says my dear brothers and sisters take note of this everyone should be quick to listen slow to speak and slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that god desires Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. And I think that's kind of what happened to me the other day when I got so angry is I didn't want my righteousness to flow out of me, right? So I got rid of my moral filth. Devil, get away. I repent. Okay. Forgiveness. Pool of cool water, no more anger. Right? In Romans twelve nineteen it says, Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, It is mine to avenge, and I will repay, says the Lord. God can make people pay way better than you can make people pay. So why not just let him handle it? That's I, whatever happened the other day, I'm going to let God handle that. Whatever you get angry at or frustrated with, just let God handle it. Cast your cares upon Him. Let Him deal with it. So you don't have to deal with it because you're going to get, if you deal with it, there's going to be repercussions to that. And they're not going to be good in 99.9% of the time. Okay? So let Him handle it. And it's going to irk you. And it's going to just pull on you. And the devil's going to, come on, no, you need to do this. Go ahead, go take care of that. Right? But don't do it. Let God take care of it. In some way, some form, some fashion, God will handle that. Okay? So in um, Psalms 37, 8, Refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret. It leads only to evil. Remember what I just said, 99.9% of the time. You go take care of that, something bad is going to happen to you. Okay? That's exactly what this says. So you can act based on your negative emotions, because emotions are all that we react with. Okay? And you might make the wrong decisions. So your emotions sometimes pull you and make into the wrong decisions. So take your time. Calm down before you do anything. Just like I did the other day. I got into my pool, cold, cold, cold pool of water. And I didn't say the things or act in a way that I know probably would have costed me something, right? Ecclesiastes 7.9 says, Keep your temper under control. It is foolish to to harbor a grudge. So if somebody does something to you, let it go fly in the back seat and out the back window, right? Don't hold grudges. You go to sleep, go to bed with a grudge on your your mind, you're going to end up having bad dreams. Right, so get rid of that stuff and don't let it um, draw you. Don't let it draw you down. Don't let it pull you down because that's exactly what the devil wants it to do to you. Okay. Whew. So in Ephesians four thirty one it says, "Get rid of all bitterness, passion, and anger. No more shouting or insults. 
No more, no more hateful feelings of any sort. Get that hatred out of you. The devil loves hate. He loves making you not want to or not like someone. So that just keeps festering. And again, the vines start to grow and they're hard to cut down. Okay? All right, moving on. More flaming arrows of the evil one. And there's a lot. Trust me. It's not cool. It's not fun. We don't like them, right? Lust. Many of us deal with it. We have all most likely have dealt with it in the past. Remember earlier I said lust might not just be a sexual lust. It could be uh, a lust of, of the flesh, which means, oh, you know, I got to have this. Um, I got to have this car and I'm, I'm going to do everything I can to get this car. You know, that's idolatry, too. But lust is all part of that. OK, so we'll talk a little bit about that. How do we fight lust? So Matthew 5, 27, 30 says, you have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with his, with her in his heart. So if if, if we just look at uh, uh, the opposite sex and we think something about them, like, uh, oh, I'd like to do that, or oh, that's that's she's gorgeous and so forth, or oh, he's a handsome guy, oh, he's buff, blah, 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 we've already committed adultery, as if, if you're a married person, right? Even conflict when you're single. Um, so we have to control our minds. We have to control our thoughts, right? That is one piece of lust that we have to understand. We've got to be able to control. So in Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. So here's the battle. Here's how we... Ving, ving. Here's the sword that we come after lust with. Therefore, if anyone, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And the Bible says that you are a new person by God's grace. Now, all we have to do is live like it. We deflect those shield, those those arrows of lust towards other people, towards other objects, towards other things. Okay, we deflect those those with using our mind. If we have to avoid it, we avoid it. We look away from it. Whatever we can, don't think about it. Repent as soon as something comes into your head. You repent of it. Get away with it. Throw it out. Repent. Forgive. Boom, be done with it. Don't dwell on it. The biggest thing for us when we allow lust to come into our minds is through our eye gates and through our ear gates. What we watch, see on TV, internet, whatever the case may be. If anything is making you have lustful thoughts about anything, get rid of it. You need to be donezo with that. Okay? Don't entertain it. People love to entertain their demons, right? That is not one you need to be entertaining. No demons you need to be entertaining. So get rid of it, right? If you got a issue with porn or whatever it is, get rid of it. Ugh. Thank you, get rid of it. Hebrews 10, 24, it says, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all that more as you see the day approaching. The day approaching means the second coming of Jesus. So in this, what we're talking about is about no one fights a war by themselves, right? We can't do all this by ourselves. And no one has a victory over sexual sin on his own. We have to talk to people. We have to get it out. We have to express our feelings. We have to get in a group, um, talk to your best friends, share that stuff, get it out, 
all right then you can repent of it so now that it's out of your mind out of your heart out of your soul you can repent of it turn from it and stop doing it get baptized get cleansed that's why it says you become a new man right but don't try to fight these struggles on your own and to be honest you know a good question to ask is is don't try, don't try to well when you do these things confess to your friends confess to your 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 pastor or your your priest or or whoever repent and change it be done with it james 4 6 says but he gives more grace therefore it says god opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble remember that one god opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble this is james 4 6 right god always gives more grace so keep coming to him with your sin and all of your uh, your your uh, the commandment violations, the things that you're doing wrong, right? Confess it like David did in Psalms 51, that you have sinned against God. And here it is, Psalms 51. David wrote this. It says, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. You need to get that in your repertoire of shing, shing, sword of the spirit, word of God. Psalms 51, 1 and 2. Okay. Matthew 5, 8 says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. I know one day I want to see God. Absolutely I want to see God. So remember, get that in you. That's part of your sword. That's part of your fighting uh, your only offensive tool in the whole armor, okay? Let's talk a little bit about doubt and unbelief. And we've talked a little bit about this before, but I want to go into a few verses. And we're going to talk about two more things, and we're going to cut it out today. We're going to have a good show, right? Trust in the Lord with all of your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, submit to Him, and He will make your path straight. Remember we talked about the path. Stay on the path. Evil is on in the grass. Evil's lurking on both sides, right? Stay on the path and lean on, and don't lean on your own understanding, but in his ways, submit to him, okay? Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. Hmm. That's in Mark 9, 23. So, believe in him, all things are possible. If you want to move a mountain, you'll be able to move a mountain. Right? You'll be able to get rid of your doubt and unbelief. Wholeheartedly believe that he is going to do these things for you. Okay? For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our faith. John 5, 4. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. So back when he was when he was uh, walking the earth and he was preaching, there were so many people. Obviously, only a good handful of people. I say handful. I use that lightly. A handful of people saw him. But there were people even after beyond he was when he was gone that that were that all the disciples and the apostles went out and saw and preached to. They didn't see Jesus, but they believed. Look at us now as Christians. We've never seen Jesus, not in the flesh, but we believe. And so that belief in him, that trust in him, that he is going to do what he has promised to do for us, gets us through our day, our week, our month, our years, until he comes back to, to take us with him. Because you have seen me, you have believed. But blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. That's John 20 and 29. 
So we're going to talk a little bit about depression. I know quite a few people that deal with this. This is a mean, nasty demon. Depression gets set into people. Um, they believe that nothing is going right for them. They believe that um, th that no one is there for them. Um, no one encourages them. Um, and yet they are here to struggle through life by themselves. Not true. Not true at all. Let me read Psalms 34, 17. The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all of their troubles. So if we cry out to the Lord, and we believe, and we have faith that he's going to take care of us, he will deliver us from our troubles. Depression has no place in this world to dwell in our minds, because that's where the devil plays. Ping pong in our heads. That's what he's doing. That's what depression is. Psalms 41 through 3 says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on the rock and gave me a firm place to stand. Remember, Peter was, was the rock. He was the foundation for Jesus. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. When depression starts to get on you, you need to, or you get depressed about something, get into the Bible, get into the Word, start reading Psalms, start reading Proverbs. Those are two great, great chapters of the book that are going to get you through your depression. John 14, 1 through 3 said, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. This is Jesus speaking. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again, and I will take you to I'll take you there myself. That where I am, you may also may where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going, believing in him. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Because Thomas had a little bit of unbelief at that moment, right? He was a little depressed, he was a little had a little anxiety, was a little fearful. But Jesus reassured him and, and told him that, Thomas, ye of little faith, believe in me and you will find your way. 1 Peter 4.12, 13 says, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice inasmuch as you participate in the suffering of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. Rejoice inasmuch as you participate in the suffering of Christ. Jesus went through so much suffering on his last day, just, I mean, just really the last three years of his life, but more so on the last day of being tortured and tormented and put up on the tree and nailed to the cross and, and, and died with all that pain and then took upon all of our sins onto himself, all the past sins, present sins, and future sins of the world he took upon himself. How painful can that be? You think your sins are painful. Imagine every sin ever done, ever was, ever is on him at one point it just it, it I, don't, I, I don't even know if I can get or could get through that but anyway <sighs> overjoying his glory as it is revealed to you right alright so we're going to keep moving right along we're going to talk a little bit about temptation and no temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man we know 
man is going to be tempted. We know that the devil's going to come at us. We know that he's going to try everything he possibly can to see if he can just pull us a little bit further away from God, right? But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able to handle. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape. So he's going to give you a way to get out of it if you get tempted, okay? That you may be able to bear it. So you're going to get tempted. He's going to give you a way out of it. You're going to be able to defeat it. And you're going to be able to get away from it. Okay? Because he's going to give you that power to do so. Remember, we, we earlier we talked about the power that he's going to give us to handle these things, right? Okay. So I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. Galatians 5, 15 uh, 16, 5, 16 through 17. Okay? But you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and gentleness. And that's in 1 Timothy 6, 11. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. That's in James 4, 7. I'm still hooked in James right now. Matter of fact, we're going to talk about that tonight at another meeting. But Therefore, submit to God. God, I give you my life. Resist the devil. Shling. Devil, I'm blocking you with my shield. I don't want you in my life. I don't need you in my life. And the devil will flee from you like he did with Jesus when Jesus was in the wilderness for 40 days. For in that he himself has suffered being tempted... He is able to aid those who are tempted. So, if you've suffered from addictions and you relied and trusted on Jesus to come save you and get out of those addictions, whatever it may be, if you were tempted by lust and you got away from that, believing in the Lord Jesus Christ delivered you from that, then you can go uh, and help others who deal with the same thing. You have the anointing on you to go help them. Like my wife and I, we were married, we've been married for uh, 24 years um, come September. And, and 20 of those years were absolutely uh, frustrating. We didn't have the Lord in our hearts. Two years ago, we got the Lord in our hearts. We have we have fought through so many things. We have we have told each other things that no, not very many married couples tell each other, right? We've told each other everything. So we have the anointing to go help other couples that are struggling with their marriage for infidelity or addictions or anger or you know uh, just whatever it is. We have the authority given to us by Christ to be able to go help them and release them of those demons that they're with and that are trying to continue to hold them down, right? But for he, for in that he himself has suffered, being tempted, he is able to aid those who are tempted. So that was Hebrews 2.14. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. God has given us the grace that helps us fight those demons. And that's in Romans 6.14. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. People just like you are dealing with things just like what you're dealing with. And as a group and coming back and having Lord and Savior in your hearts, you can help fight those things.
That's in 1 Peter 5, 8-9. through 9. Fighting the enemy is tough enough on our own. So as Christians, we need to have support. We need to have groups. We need to have people that we can rely on. We need to have mentors. We need to be able to be able to, to go and share uh, the things that, that we're sending with and be able to divulge that to someone so they can pray for us and that we can repent and get rid of it and be done with it. We can do that through our belief in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Remember that the devil's playground's in your head. He loves to plant those seeds. He loves to watch them grow. He's gonna, his, him and his little demons are going to water them, right? They love to watch them manifest in what you do. Okay? If you are not in the world wielding your sword every day, being in the word every day, he's going to find an opening to get and to put plant his seed in you. Remember, we talked about the eye gates, ear gates. Don't listen to things. Don't listen to people talking down to you or talking negative to you. Don't watch things or see things that are going to plant different bad, evil thoughts in your mind. Get rid of all of that. Okay? If you have to stop watching TV, stop watching TV. The media is terrible right now. Okay? So my hope for everyone here watching this today is that you're going to find a way to give yourself to the Lord. Find your salvation. Say the, 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 the prayer, the, the, the sinner's prayer. Okay? Give your heart to the Lord. And mean it from your heart sincerely. and may it, it has to come out of your mouth. Right? Pray. Pray all the time. Pray fervently. Pray loudly. He wants to hear you. Okay? If you pray quiet, that's fine too. I'm not, I'm not going to bash that. Go find a good church. Get into a group of people that you can rely and trust on. I have a group of men that, that hold me accountable, and I, and, and I help hold them accountable too. And I love these men. And, and they are, they are a, a source of strength for me. Get baptized. Down with the old man and with the new. And welcome the Holy Spirit into your heart and let him lead you from this day forth. So I pray for everyone that's watching this, everyone that's listening to this, that you have a, 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 an, an eager want to get the Lord and Savior in your heart, to give your anger, anxiety, fear, depression, your, what you're being tempted with, your unbelief. You just give it to God. Let him handle it. Cast your cares upon the Lord and let him sustain you. He will not let the righteous stumble. So give it all to him. So I pray that you do that. In Jesus' name, amen. So folks, I think this was hopefully another great episode of Glory to God on the Go. I really appreciate you sharing this time with me. Um, next week, we're going to start a whole, a whole new process, a whole new lesson. And um, I'm going to really press in hard because I know that it's going to be really good. It's going to be what, the God, what God gives me, what the Holy Spirit tells me. Um, but we're going to share it again right here on Glory to God on the go. My name's Scott. Like us on Facebook. Share us on Facebook. Get the word out. It was good sh showing this, sh blah, sharing this with everybody today. So I thank you so much. Have a great day. Talk to you soon.